Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is Janelle Larravee, founder and CEO of digital marketing agency Chaka Marketing. Janelle and her company have won several awards over the years, just to name a few. Chaka was named one of AdAge's top 50 best places to work in 2016, and Janelle was one of DMN's Marketing Hall of Femme honorees this year. So let's get to know her a little bit better. Janelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So, Janelle, I have to start off by asking, how did you come up with the name Chaka Marketing? Does it have any special significance? You know, probably one of the greatest marketing challenges I've ever experienced is um, it has actually been naming my own company. Um, after a lot of research, a lot of heartache, um, <laughs> um, other choices, um, I was looking for something with some punch and pizzazz that was really going to make us stand out. And I came across a website of Hawaiian surfer lingo, and Chaka, or Shaka, as they say it, and as surfers say it, means better than gnarly. And I thought, what a better adjective for the type of marketing we do than Chaka. So um, I made my own um, phonetic spelling of it and went with Chaka, and here we are uh, many years later, much larger, and, um, and fortunate enough to be collecting some awards along the way. So tell us a little bit about your agency for some of our uh, listeners who haven't quite visited the website or aren't quite as familiar with the business. Yeah, so we are a digital media agency, and what that means is if it's paid uh, media and it's executed online, then we most likely do it. Um, so our specialties are search, social, and programmatic display. Um, we're really performance-based, um, meaning that even if you're a large brand advertiser, we're going to hone in on some KPIs, key performance indicators, and work to optimize those. So I guess the best example I can give is um, a brand advertiser that was really just doing um, a small amount of paid search was um, pretty much just bidding on their brand terms. And their budget had been the same for many, many years, and they were getting less and less with it over time as their CPC went up. Mm-hmm. And so in that particular case, we said, okay, if this is a brand budget um, and we're not you know, managing towards any type of return on ad spend or cost per conversion, we should be managing this based on the CTC and the click rate. And so what can we do to get them more bang for their buck? And by focusing in on those things, we were able to do uh, such amazing work, one, at reducing the competition, really protecting their trademark, um, getting people out of the search landscape that were bidding on their trademark terms that didn't offer their product. Um, so we were able to bring down their CPC, bring up their click-through rates, and ultimately, they started getting more bang for that same buck. And as that happens, they were able to actually grow their search program, and it's um, one of our largest accounts today. Fantastic. Love those hard-driven results. So, Janelle, was launching your own company something that you've always wanted to do? You know, um, that's a really good question. Um, I guess if you look back to when I was a little girl and people asked me what I was going to do when I grew up, I used to say that um, I was going to live at home forever and take care of my parents. (laughs) And as one of four children, I moved the farthest away and did the most crazy thing. 
um, in that I, you know, I left my executive job at an agency and started my own. So everyone really thought I was crazy, but, um, you know, hopefully today they see that it's kind of worked out well for me. <laughs> I think it's worked out okay. Um, as you mentioned, some people were kind of surprised. Did anyone ever try to deter you from launching your own business or tell you, hey, maybe you shouldn't do it? Or was everyone in your circle pretty supportive? Uh, definitely a key factor in becoming a successful entrepreneur is surrounding yourself with positive people and surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs. Uh, my favorite story about starting my own company was that after a very deflating day um, at, at, at my former job and I'd been discussing starting my own company, my husband, who at the time was my fiance, he said, he always uses, you know, sports analogies, and he said, do you want to be, um, or he said, I'm sorry, he said, you're the best player on a losing team is still a loser. Hmm. Don't you want to be a winner? I love that. What a great sports analogy. What a great sports analogy. And he has a sports analogy for everything, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> But that was the most impactful one ever because he told me that without a doubt he was going he was behind me and he was supporting me doing this. And you know, here we are, so many years later, uh, eight eight years later, and and we own two businesses, <laughs> and um, and they're as different as can be. Um, but we help each other help each other out everywhere we can in both of those businesses. So entrepreneurship is clearly in your blood a little bit with these two businesses. Yes. <laughs> Was there anything about launching your own company that surprised you or something that you didn't expect? Um, I mean, this is, what I, I guess, the really deep thing. The really deep thing about launching your own company is that there's this incredible burden that I think comes along with success. And this, uh, it might sound silly, but um, as I've had more and more employees over the years, and they, um, they go and make some big financial commitment, whether it be getting married or buying a home or having children, um, that was something that when we were a smaller company, it was actually something that really scared me. Um, I would be I would be so scared when people would go and make these huge decisions that I felt like I had a responsibility um, to them to help them uphold. And it's not that I uh, that I don't still feel the sense of that responsibility because I certainly do. Uh, but when we were a smaller company, it used to scare me. Today, it's just pure excitement. <laughs> That's awesome. So what's a mistake that you made in launching your business that you think other entrepreneurs can learn from? Hmm. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think I've been kind of overly conservative financially um, in the early stages. So uh, it has its pros and its cons, but I think it certainly impaired our ability to grow as quickly as we could have. Um, I... I've operated the business from day one in absolute fear of ever being in debt. Uh, so I've made sure that we have plenty of money in the bank to cover any decisions we make, whether it's a staffing decision, um, a move to a nicer office, you know, things like that. These are these are these are big commitments, and I don't take them lightly. Um, and because the advertising industry 
you know, we've we've been successful in our ability to retain our employees as well as our ability to retain our clients, and so that retention has been so key to our growth. Um, but you know, if anywhere along the way, I think we could have grown faster um, and been bigger today if I wasn't so worried about you know how big the savings was. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there are a lot of entrepreneurs who do envy that skill set of, uh, you know, being financially savvy. So maybe, a, you know, something you'd like to change, but also I think a strength as well. I do want to talk about some of your responses uh, to your Hall of Femme profile that we wrote. As I mentioned, Janelle was one of our uh, 2017 Marketing Hall of Femme winners, and we ask our winners a bunch of questions. And one thing we asked you in a profile leading up to the award was, what was your first job? And you told us that um, it was a gymnastics coach. So Mm -hmm. what was that like? And do you still apply some of those same coaching mechanisms to your team today? Oh, my, that's a really great question. So um, I love gymnastics. I think that it is the most important thing that happened to me growing up that defined me and made me who I am today. Um, I think being able to be a part of such an amazingly competitive sport um, that has a self component as well as a team component is something rare. There are other sports that have that, but... uh, I was just very, very lucky, and a lot of things that happened to me with gymnastics along my life uh, were so important to it being such a critical component of who I am. Um, I I saw Mary Lou Retton compete in the Olympics, and that was my driving force to do gymnastics um, on TV. I didn't, you know, I wasn't there, but uh, I was. Um, I was like six years old, and I actually had the honor of meeting her earlier this year, so I've been on quite the high this year. Um, But my parents actually drove me 45 minutes to and from gymnastics for me to be able to do gymnastics. I grew up in a really small town in West Virginia. I didn't have a lot of things available to me. And my parents showed me that where there's the will to do something, there is a way to get it done. And no matter what the sacrifices were that they had to make for me or any of my siblings, I'm one of four, um, they made it happen. And um, so for me, gymnastics is really about you can do whatever you want to do, and you have the power to make it happen. And when I was a teenager, I started um, at my gym, I started being able to kind of fill in and pick up some hours coaching, um, and it's, it, it's, it's the happiest thing. You asking me about gymnastics makes me smile. Uh, it's, I miss it, and I thought my husband was going to kill me when my daughter started doing gymnastics. Um, they had a sign at the gym that they were hiring coaches, and I asked for an application. And he was like, you are the CEO of an advertising agency. You're not going to go coach gymnastics. And I was like, but what? What if? And he was like, you cannot take this one right now. <laughs> oh, man, that does sound like a lot of fun, though. So if you get a really great client and you, know, you see some hardcore results, can you like physically do a backflip out of excitement? Um, I'm going to tell you, I could do a backflip all the way up until I had two babies. And my wow. stomach muscles, my stomach muscles just have never rebounded to the shape and form that they once were. <laughs> That's very impressive. <laughs> so we also asked you about the best career advice that you've ever received. 
And you told us that one of your former bosses sat you down and said that while you had a really bright future, you had to distinguish between the right and wrong things to learn from others. Can you tell me a little bit more about what your boss meant and why that resonated with you so much? Um, It was a very humbling experience because I was in an industry, I was in this digital world that was just expanding so fast and uh, my, my own career was developing so amazingly fast. And I went from being blow man on the totem pole to, you know, five years in being a VP at an agency. So there's, um, it was, it was quite the ride. And I think that I was becoming very cocky. And that cockiness, there were people around me that had the cockiness and were great at some things, but were, it was really hurting their, uh, their interpersonal skills within the workplace. And it was really having that kind of call delight that my relationships internally in the company were just as important as the results I was driving. And it was just probably the best lesson in self-awareness uh, that I've ever had. And I think it's an important key. You can be confident, but you need to have good relationships with the people around you, and that's not just about you. You've got to stop, listen, <laughs> um, assess situations, and, um, and not just, you know, stand on a soapbox and profess everything you know to be true. Sometimes you need to sit down and listen. I think that is a very good piece of advice. I want to discuss a study conducted by advisory firm Corn Ferry that they did last June, and I think I brought it up at the Hall of Fame event this past April. After they analyzed the top 1,000 U.S. companies by revenue, the organization found that 29% of CMOs are women and just 5% of CEOs are women. So as someone who's the CEO of, you know, a digital marketing agency, what do you think is really preventing women from obtaining these C-level positions? You know, it's a really timely question. Um, I'm going to give you a very long-winded answer, but um, recently my... um, a few members of my team were fortunate enough to go to an event that Google held called She Leads. And I sent two of my, um, you know, two, two females from my team that are fairly early on in their career, and they went. And when they came back, I actually sat down with them and I said, what did you learn that you can share with everyone else? And they said, well, we thought about going through this stuff, but it's so not applicable to us. We're so lucky that we work for a company that's run by a woman. And they started going through things, and and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Absolutely, you need to share this. You still need to share it. And so there are a lot of things that create double standards. Um, And all I can do as a woman is give give everyone an environment where those things don't matter. And those things are um, maternity leave. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if you have the choice behind, between hiring a male and a female and you know that the female is going to take three or six months off after she has a baby, there shouldn't be a stereotype associated with that. But there is. Mm-hmm. And then the, the breastfeeding mom that wants to come back to work but is going to need to go and pump two, three, four times a day to continue to feed their child, there cannot be 
negative connotation associated with being a mom. Mm -hmm. And so much of what occurs and so much of what we see happening has to do with that. And it's the same reason that most likely the same study, um, the entry-level employees coming in to advertising and marketing are greater than 50% of entry-level is female. Mm -hmm. So where is our representation at the top? And that's, you know, that's what I can do is I can provide the better environment where those stereotypes don't exist and where, you know, where we're not embarrassed by our amazingly unique ability to bring other life into this world. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful standpoint and a great, great thought that you're putting out there when hiring people and creating your own culture and work environment just to be conscious of that. So what, in your opinion, will it take to get more women into the C-suite and eliminate some of these, as you said, kind of quote-unquote negative connotations? Yeah, you know, I honestly, I think we're well on our way to being there. I think that with, with greater than 50% of females coming into the, you know, into these entry-level roles in our industry now, that... It's only a matter of time till we begin seeing more um, at the top. And I think that just in, within my own circle of friends and other people I know, it's becoming more and more prevalent for the female to be the breadwinner in the, you know, in the household income bracket, right? <laughs> um, it's becoming a more common thing. And it used to be, you know, when I was a child, I don't think I knew anyone whose family had the female as the primary breadwinner. And that's a much more normal thing now. And we're seeing, we're seeing, um, you know, men become nannies. We're seeing men be stay-at-home dads. And there's less stigma associated with that today than there was 20 years ago. And so I, I think we're well on our way. I think it's a matter of, um, of just time catching up with the trend. And I think, you know, that I, I think that we're only 15, 20 years out from it actually being a dominated um, world of female, females at the top. Have you ever faced any industry challenges that you think your male peers just don't have to deal with? So <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, the, my executive team um, had actually gone and looked at office space hmm. um, as we as we grow, and when and 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 my husband's the CFO of Chaka, and our COO um, is also a male, and the three of us went to look at some office space, and at the end of the day, um, my husband was talking about. It, I said, "Do you want to know what I noticed?" And he said, "What?" I said, "Every place we walked up to." They introduced themselves to you and to Ryan. They didn't introduce themselves to me. It was like mm -hmm. I didn't matter as a part of this decision-making process as to whether or not we were going to lease their office space. Huh. And it was, um, it was kind of demeaning, but I certainly didn't stand for it. And that's the takeaway. You can't stand for it. And um, so while it bothered me the first day, the second day when we went out, I just told myself I have to carry myself like I, like I do any other time. And I walked over and I said, hi, I'm Janelle Larrabee. I'm the CEO of Chaka Marketing. And I went and I commanded the respect that I deserve. I think that's so important, really commanding it and saying, hey, I matter, I'm here, pay attention to me. I think that's great. I learned this really interesting 
been doing recently, and it's called the drama triangle. And the drama triangle requires something at all three points, a hero, a victim, and a villain. But if you don't have a victim, you don't have a hero or a villain. So all you can do in life is to not let yourself be a victim. And the counter to being the victim is to be the creator. You create a different outcome. And by creating a different outcome, there is no hero, there is no villain, and there is no victim. Wow, I love that. I've never heard that before, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider that a lot more going forward. So, Janelle, what do you look for when you hire someone, and do you have any immediate deal breakers? Um, yes. Um, so my, my immediate deal breaker is when someone, uh, honestly, when they say, what does it pay? Hmm. <laughs> because there, you know, there certainly is a salary range associated with every role, um, but that's the that's the deal breaker for me, and it tells me that you're not looking at this position for the right reasons. And what we look for is we look for someone that is going to have pride in their work, that's going to be passionate about what they do, um, and that is really just going to thrive in this special type of environment that we create. And so we look for the right person, um, not necessarily the right background. And that's um, that's what's important. I think you can. There's a lot you can do to understand whether someone has, um, you know, has has this ambitious drive to them, um, and whether or not they're they're going to work out well. I I recently read an article that was talking about how to get to um, whether or not someone, you know, a candidate has the characteristics you're looking for. And um, one of the interview questions that this article had suggested was um, to tell, tell me about a time that you feel uh, you were served in injustice hmm. in life and that you can tell a lot about the person in the way that they answer that question. And I think that's a really good one. That is a good one. What's next for you and Chaka Marketing? Any big plans for the rest of the year? Well, um, locally, we were just named uh, one of the fastest growing uh, companies in Tampa Bay. So we're looking forward in a couple of weeks to seeing just where we rank on that list um, here locally. It's been um, it's been quite the fun ride being a job creator here in our local market, and um, and so I'm I'm excited to see where we where we land on that list. And I have um, I have two friends whose companies also made the list, so I'm excited to see where we all where we all land. Um, that's probably the most immediate thing coming up, and. And um, we're well on our way to meeting our, you know, our, our own revenue objectives for the year. So that's another exciting thing for us. Um, I mean, I, I think I would say keep watching out for Chaka because if you think you've heard a lot about us in the last year, there's more to come. Ooh, so to be continued, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so Janelle, you mentioned you have uh, kids too, correct? Yes, I have. Um, I have a stepson who is about to turn fifteen this summer, and then I have a daughter who is four and a son who is seventeen months. Oh my gosh! So, what do you really hope that your kids are either most proud of you for, or that they really learn from uh, your career and life experience? Well, I can tell you that my four-year-old daughter is about the most stubborn, strong-willed person you've ever met in your life, and my executive assistant tells me all the time that she 
he is me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully. Hopefully she'll grow up to be a lot like me. Um, she goes to a Montessori school, and the teachers there, they they told me once after she'd been going there for about a year that she runs the classroom. <laughs> and not in a bossy not in a bossy way, but that when someone's parent gets there to pick them up, she will say, oh, okay, Ian, come on, uh, your mom's here. Here's your backpack. Here's your, your lunchbox. And, you know, she lets everybody know when their parents are there, when it's time to go, here are your things. She knows where things go, who gets what, and it's just a part of the way that she operates. And, um, and I'm kind of proud of that. Because, um, because I actually, I have no doubt in my mind that no one will ever squash my little girl's dreams um, because she is strong-willed enough to never let herself be a victim. I love that. And just finally, what kind of advice would you give to other young women who are new in the marketing industry and hoping to really work their way up the career ladder? Yeah, so... Um, Focus on focus on surrounding yourself with good people, uh, with people that build each other up. And when you are in any situation, don't let yourself be a victim. Be a creator. Don't let yourself be a victim. Be a creator. All right. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, and thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes, and have a great day.